This podcast is brought to you by Stonely, an interactive guidance platform for self-serve support. Deflect tickets, decrease costs, and delight customers with beautiful step-by-step guides that can be embedded anywhere. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Queue, a podcast by Stonely that looks at the human side of customer support leadership. I'm your host, Meredith Metzger, and this week I'm excited to welcome Eric Brulette, Director of Global Support at WP Engine. In this episode, I talk with Eric about his best practices for building and maintaining a relationship between customer support and product. Eric credits this strong relationship at WP Engine as one of the key reasons his team's support interactions decreased by 5% last year, despite the company's user base growing by 20%. And this year, his team is on pace to decrease volume even more. Eric shares how he builds a great relationship with product, why that collaboration is so important, and what data his team uses to act as the voice of their customers. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Queue. Today I am very excited to welcome Eric Brulette. He's the Director of Global Support at WP Engine. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Meredith. I'm super excited to to chat about this topic and and hopefully help educate some some people in the community as well. Yes, yeah, I am also really excited to talk about this topic. So we're going to talk about how you build and maintain a relationship with product. Um, so I think we all know that that's important, but you know, how do we go about doing that? So to kind of get us started, can you just tell me, you know, first what you mean by building and maintaining a relationship with product? And then why is it so important? Yeah, that's a great question. First off, I, I, I truly believe that strong internal relationships only provide exceptional value for your customers. And I think also lead to like internal employee engagement as well. Um, so really what this means is we're, we're connecting support uh, with our product team uh, where support is fielding hundreds of thousands of interactions every day, every every month, every year. And we're creating that feedback loop to product. And so we're hopefully being the voice of the customer um, for, for, for the product and for the platform uh, and advising, advising our product team on, on what our customers are saying. Um, and ultimately in the end, we're providing a, an all around better customer experience. So why I think it's, in, in, it's important is support always is the advocate for a great customer experience. And I think that that's actually the shared ground that we have with product. They wanna be building amazing products that are driving value for customers. And we want to back that up with, uh, with some data and some, some reporting around what our customers are saying about those, those, those products. I think the downstream impact that a strong relationship has is higher CSAT, lower support volume, and ultimately just all around better products that your customers just believe work um, in the end. So they're not experiencing issues or, or problems um, as they're working, working throughout the platform. Okay. So now the big question, how do support leaders go about trying to build this better relationship? It's a long process and you're never going to, it's never going to end. Um, but I think the first thing to do is find that shared ground with product leaders and understand the problem that you're trying to solve. So our, our problem was our support team wasn't informed about product updates that were coming down the pipe. 
Uh, we didn't feel that we had a great avenue to provide customer feedback in the moment. Um, and so what I did is I, I just took the time to, to explain that product to our CPO and our VP of engineering at the time and said, let's partner together and, and make this an awesome experience. And so the, the shared middle ground that we had was we want to deliver an awesome customer experience. And if we have that North Star together, uh, we know that throughout all the conversations, we want to have the customer at, at the center of those conversations. So what are we doing to, to improve their experience? So first, we uh, it, it didn't take much convincing, but it took some time to, to understand like, okay, we, we believe this is important. Like, how do we put this into action? I met with a role on our team that we have, we have tech leads, which are, is kind of like that middle, um, that liaison between support and products. Um, and the product leaders met with the product managers and we shared the importance of, of this initiative. And so we, we kicked things off with a weekly meeting. Uh, so we were all sitting around a table pre-COVID when we all could be in person. Uh, we're all sitting around a table and the product managers would say, like, hey, this is, what's, this is what's coming down the pipe. Uh, this is what we're, we plan to roll out in the next week or the next two weeks. What questions do you have? What thoughts do you have? So that gave us the avenue to ask questions and, and really to understand uh, what, what was happening relatively soon within the product. And vice versa, we would, we would say like, hey, these are the top issues that we're experiencing from a support perspective. These are the, the top three or the top five things that our customers are, are coming into chat or tickets. Can you help us understand how we can, how we can prioritize these things? And so that's how the relationship started to build. And then the, the next evolution was uh, we assigned tech leads on our team to be stakeholders on specific product teams. So what that did is that built a one-to-one -one relationship with our tech lead and the product manager. And they were invited and they still are invited to all of the scrum ceremonies. So the sprint planning, the sprint reviews, um, all of those, those meetings so that support had a very tangible voice at the table on a consistent basis. Uh, so they're, they're sought as, as really valuable team members uh, of the product team. And oftentimes, depending upon what we're releasing for the customer, with, for the customer they could be a key stakeholder in, in driving, the, driving the right thing um, for our customers. So I think some of the challenges, and I know we'll probably get into challenges along the way, is each product manager works a little bit different. Um, so I think it, it was really important for us to establish that one-to-one -one relationship with our, with our tech leads and our product managers so they understood how to work well together. And that, that relationship just evolves over time. And the last thing that we, we did is we established a shared KPI. Uh, so something that we can measure and we can point to and say, hey, this is what we care about. This is what we want to be driving towards. And that KPI was interactions per customer or how we framed it was interactions per 100 customers. And so from a support perspective, in 2019, when we kind of started rolling out this initiative, is our goal was 0.6 interactions per customer. Um, and we actually ended 2019 at 0.55. So we exceeded that goal. Uh, but that, that KPI continues to come up in conversations uh, in terms of prioritizing bugs or issues and so on and so forth. So that was kind of our, our approach. Um, I wouldn't say we're perfect by any means, but I, I can confidently say that like support feels comfortable going and talking to product and product relies heavily upon the data and the insights that we provide from, from what our customers are saying. Okay. That's really cool. So it sounds like 
there's there's always somebody from support like directly embedded within the product team. Is that correct? That is correct. And that okay. I think is where the magic happens. Okay. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, you can, rather than finding out about issues, you know, the day before launch, <laughs> yeah. you can have a direct seat at the table at the beginning of the process. And that was happening. And in 2019, we were, we were finding out sometimes information at the same time as our, as our customers. And so that not only provides a poor customer experience because we can't speak confidently to what our customers are asking, but it also creates a level of anxiety in our team. And like our, our team members were just expressing the wants and the need to know and to train and to learn on things so they can have confidence doing their, their role day in and day out. And so that was a, that was a big driver to, to establishing this relationship between product and then cascades into like marketing relationships and, and so on and so forth. Okay. Yeah. So does, I'm curious, does like your marketing team, do they do something similar with the kind of liaison with the stakeholder? Yeah. So we have a, we have a product marketing team who uh, is really embedded with the product team. And so it's kind of, it, it's cool to see the relationships. Uh, so you have, you have a product manager, you obviously have the engineering engineers, the designers, everyone on, on the product team. Uh, but then you have the marketing team and the support team and the sales team who are also a part of those conversations. Um, and really from a, from a marketing perspective of sales and support perspective, that's three different angles on a customer, um, on a customer that, that just provides value and, and drives healthy conversations. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a good, uh, good case study for other support leaders for sure. Uh, so I, you know, I'm curious as you were going through this process, trying to launch this initiative, what were some of those challenges that, that you faced in getting it set up? And then what did you do to address those? Yeah, I think our, our biggest challenge, I think was just continual buy-in and expectations. Like conceptually, everybody agreed that this was the right thing to do. Um, but when you start taking that concept and how do we put it into action, we learned that we needed to create levels of buy-in at different levels along the way. But we also needed clear expectations on like, what does, what does the product team expect from support on a consistent basis? And what do we expect from the product team on a consistent basis? Uh, and so it took a lot of learning and feeling out and, and conversations with product managers to understand what that looked like. Um, and it just took a lot of time. I think the, the biggest challenge was time. It's like, we knew where we want to be or we wanted to be. Um, it just took time to get there. And then I, I think on the support side, there's, there's still elements of challenges around sometimes what we believe should be prioritized doesn't get prioritized. And so um, what I always say is like challenges are actually opportunities. Uh, and so while we, do, while we didn't get what we technically wanted, um, we need to go back to the drawing board and tell the right story, right? Maybe we didn't tell the story in the way that our, pr our product team understood it. So what data do we need to to gather um, what real life customer like experiences can we show and portray so that there's an element of feeling to the story uh, that the product team could get behind. And so um, I think that that's just an ongoing challenge around how do we, how do we prioritize what support would consider to be a top issue 
to a new product or a new feature or a new enhancement with, within, uh, within the platform. In the end, it all works out. Um, it, just might, it just might not get to the point we wanted as, as, as quickly as we'd like. So kind of on that note, what, you know, on a day-to-day basis, the, your support teammates that are acting as stakeholders or liaisons on the product team, what kind of concerns are they bringing to the conversation? What expectations, concerns, and things are they bringing to those meetings and to those conversations? We try our best to tag all of our interactions in chat and tickets as best as possible because we know that data tells the story in most instances. And so with tech leads who are assigned to a product team, that product team has a domain in the platform or in the product that they are working directly with. So they, so our tech leads know I should be keeping an eye on these five things or these five areas of the product. And if there's an uptick in interactions or there's a bug that arises after a product release, that's the type of information that we're taking to the product team. We're creating Jira tickets. Uh, we're gathering the data. We're, we're linking off to tickets and chats so that if they want to read the cust- like read what the customer is saying or read what the <clears throat> what the issue is from a from a different perspective they have that opportunity um and so that's that's a little bit on the reactive side and then in the in the proactive sense is uh i i tell our tech leads like you're empowered to to speak up and, and make a difference and be that voice of the customer in in those product rooms and if we're going through sprint planning and you feel like something's off or could improve, say it um, because uh, we want we want to have those conversations uh, with the product team and and sometimes like your feedback won't like won't be put into action but at least you at least you've said it as at least you've put yourself out there and uh, and you're showing the you're showing the team you care and you're showing the team that you want to drive a, a great experience. Okay, so I'm curious as you know as the director of this team, um, how do you go about deciding uh, which tech leads are going to be liaisons or like which agents are going to be liaisons on the product team and how do you decide that? Yeah, so tech lead is a, is a role in which our team can be promoted into. Uh, so we have uh, we have a limited number of, of tech leads. We, we have had times where um, individual, like individual contributors or, or, or reps on our team are stakeholders but from a decision standpoint, there's no science behind it, really. There are some areas where we align skill sets with with complexity of the product or the platform. So we have, we do have a product team who is solely focused on the platform, and so we have two of our tech leads who are a bit more technical, in that sense, assigned to that product team because a lot of the conversations are more technical. Um, but from a product team perspective, where it's it's really feature based or feature heavy. It really no rhyme or reason behind it. Um, just kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of just rolled with uh, as people have become tech leads and there's maybe new product teams that have spun up. Uh, we try to establish those relationships. Okay. And then, so how many, I guess, how many separate like product teams are there? So it sounds like it's maybe one tech lead per product team. Yep. So I believe we have nine different product teams at the moment, uh, and we have eight tech leads. And so we do have one non-tech lead as a, as a stakeholder on, on one of the product teams. Okay, cool. Um, 
So now I kind of want to transition into some examples. So can you just walk me through some examples of where, you know, having this relationship with product has just really worked out well? Yeah, I'll start, I'll start kind of high level. Um, so when we, we embarked on this journey in 2019, we didn't really know what success could look like. Uh, we, we hoped that it would drive down interactions. We hoped that it would increase our customer satisfaction, but we really didn't have like a great prediction or a forecast on what that could look like. Uh, but we actually ended, so from 2019 into 2020, we decreased our support uh, interactions by 5%, despite our customer base growing by 20%. And here in 2021, we are on pace um, to decrease our volume by 11%, despite our customer base still growing. So I'll, I'll throw a caveat in there. Like this is not the only thing that we're doing to drive down volume, uh, but this is definitely like a key player uh, in that sense of, we know that this relationship is working because we are fixing bugs, we are fixing issues. That volume is just not arising uh, again. A specific example that I, I think I'll remember for, for quite some time is um, it was September of last year and we were just seeing a massive spike in volume just across the board. Uh, like our volume was up maybe 20, 30% um, week over week. And it was just continuing. Like we thought maybe we could just weather the storm and it would go away, but it wasn't, wasn't going away. We had some gut instincts as to like what could be going on. Like there wasn't like a a glaring issue that was that was popping up until we dug in and we found the glaring issue. So um, there was essentially like a, a setting on our platform that was causing some of our sites to time out when you performed a, a specific function. And our tech lead and one of our managers like dug super deep into this. They gathered they gathered the data. We put like charts together. We gave them all of our like investigative work it was like support support forensics so to say of like digging deep and, and understanding this and we went to the product director and, and the pm of that product team and said we feel like this is what's causing the volume can you help us investigate it a little bit more on your side and they did and i think it's because we, they had that we had that established relationship that established trust with the product team that they know that we're going to come to them with valuable insights. And so they dug deep and they actually discovered a, a pretty glaring issue that then they put the rest of their sprint work on hold until they resolved the issue. And so it was like two or three full weeks of work of resolving a platform related bug that once it was once it was resolved and we like rolled this out to to all of our sites and our fleets, we just saw the dip happen and almost immediately in terms of volume. So I think that's just a, a cool example that like I always turn to and saying like, this is why relationships are important because we had that established trust and we can have those conversations and we'll provide the data, we'll provide the insights to, to drive a better customer experience because our customers weren't happy um, at, at that time. And we just didn't know why. So we just, you know, rolled up our sleeves, got our hands dirty and, and uncovered some, some nasty things. Yeah. I like the, uh, Crazy kind of support forensics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. I love hearing these stories. Like that's one of the reasons we named this podcast Beyond the Q because there's so much else that goes on 
literally be on the queue. Like, yeah. Things like this where you do have to like really dig deep and do some investigation into what's causing all, you know, all this ticket volume. Yeah. So. 100%. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, on the flip side, do you have any like examples or just stories of times you've struggled or faced a bunch of challenges because you didn't have this relationship with product? Yes. I, I don't think I'll forget this day either. We were... I think releasing a new feature on one in one of our products and just randomly I was, I was sitting in, in the office and uh, someone had walked by and they said, Hey, just a, just a heads up. We're going to send 400,000 emails at four o'clock and um, just wanted to give you a heads up. And I'm like, Oh wow. 400,000 emails at four o'clock is like, is quite the, quite the initiative and could cause quite the volume as our, um, as our shifts are, are changing and so on and so forth. So um, we eventually kind of backed off uh, and rolled them out in, in waves and, and, and stuff like that. But that's, that's an example that I turned to in saying like, we weren't communicating. Like we, like our team was not on the same page as another team. Um, the intent was positive. Like there was no ill intent from, from our product or our marketing teams to send out these emails and be like, man, it's going to cause a crap ton of support volume. And, and, and that's what we're shooting for. It's like, no, they're, they're, they're informing our customers on, on something that they can, they can use, um, to their advantage. Um, it was just that communication wasn't there. And so, um, I think that's just a perfect example of why communication and consistent communication is so important is support is always going to hear from our customer in some way, shape or form when another team communicates with them. So the more that support can be informed, the better. I always say like support will never be a roadblock to the product or the marketing or the sales team ever doing something that, per that helps the company grow. We will be a hurdle along the way. Um, like, you should ask, is support in the know? Does, is support aware of this? If the answer is no, let's talk about it. And maybe we have to hold on things for, for a day so that we can get the right documentation and communication in front of our team so that we've, we feel prepared. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I get kind of comes back to that North Star you mentioned of always keeping the customer experience at the forefront yeah. of these decisions. I mean, Customers are, are why we all have jobs, right? So we want to make sure that they're they're uh, they're happy, they're staying, they're we're retaining our customers. We're um, yeah, we're driving the value for them. So for other you know support leaders or CX leaders that are listening or watching to this, and they want to go about building a better relationship with product, what advice do you have for them on you know getting this process started and then maintaining that relationship? It's going to take time. Uh, and so don't get frustrated. If you truly believe that this is going to be helpful for like within your organization, like you personally need to believe that and put in the work to do, to tell the story to the right people to get buy-in. And so it's creating buy-in with leaders in product, leaders in marketing. Make sure that your support team is also set up to deliver on what you're promising. I think that that's the most important thing is like, you don't want to say like, hey, we want to be working better together and then come to the table with nothing and you're not providing any value or, or set, up, uh, set up to succeed. At the same time, be extremely open to feedback. Like while you might not know, while you might have something in your mind that you believe is the right thing, 
I think it's important to that this is just a shared vision between teams and each side or each team or each team member has had an opportunity to to shape what this could look like because I think the the more people have a voice in these types of things, the more value they feel that they're providing and shaping and feeling a part of something awesome. So yeah, it's going to take time. There's going to be challenges along the way, uh, but stick to it. Like I, I truly think it's worth it. Um, and if you believe it's, it's going to, it will impact your organization in a positive way. Like keep going, tell the right stories uh, and keep working at it. Okay. Um, you mentioned making sure that, you know, the support team can deliver on what you're promising. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah, it, it comes down to like what expect, what each product manager expects of our, of our team. And so if that's consistent data, um, be sure that we're delivering that in, in that way. If that's helping prioritize bugs that are filed by our support team, holding up to those expectations, ensuring that what we're saying um, and what we're what we're bringing to the product team is tangible and, and has a little bit of a feeling and we're, and we're telling the story around the, around the customer experience. Um, don't show up to a meeting that you're like, you're expected to participate in and, and don't have, have the information ready to go. Um, be prepared, um, come to the table with, with what's expected. Okay. Um, you know, aside from the, the shared KPI that you and product have, what is some of the other data points that your technical leads are consistently bringing to these meetings? That's a good question. I think it depends upon the conversation. Um, so if it's prioritizing, um, we're, we're oftentimes looking for what, what bugs or issues are creating the most volume. And so it's collecting and gathering those, that ticket data, that int, um, that chat data, and compiling it in a, in a sense of like, this is percentage of interactions over the last week. Um, so this bug in particular has caused 5% of our interactions this last week. Um, so it's just kind of shaping the data in, in a way that, that tells, tells the story that what level of impact is this having? Because oftentimes maybe saying this has caused 500 interactions over the last month might not register with some people and so you need to kind of put things in, dif in different perspectives in terms of percentages and interactions per customer, all, like so on and so forth. It, it really varies by, by scenario, really by product manager. I think there are some product managers who get the feels from the customer experience. Like if the customer has experienced X, Y, and Z and it feels poor, like it feels bad, they know that that's a priority where some product managers are very data-driven. They want to know like, what is the overall impact? And so from team to team, what, what you're bringing to the table could be slightly different, but it's all data driven um, at the end of the day. Okay. Um, kind of switching gears here a little bit. I'm, you said you started this initiative in 2019. So I'm curious how that transition was between doing all of this collaboration in the office and then having to kind of transition to doing a lot of it uh, remotely. Oh man, I think we're all still trying to, I think we all had to figure that out in, in our work. Um, we just adapted to, to the way in which our, our company was communicating. Uh, we're extremely heavy Slack users, maybe to a fault at times. 
Um, so it's ensuring that our team is in the right Slack channels. Um, we're surfacing the information in, in the right way. All meetings over Zoom, obviously. So it was, it was really just taking like, how is our company ad, uh, adopting to the to the fully remote workforce, and and then how do we just kind of mold and, and fit into that? I wouldn't say we've it's rocket science by any means, or we've <laughs> done anything like amazing on that front. We've probably just followed the mold of Slack Slack usage and and Zoom usage. Okay. Yes, it's like you said. We've all been trying to figure that out. But I know for me, it's definitely different building relationships in person versus, you know, over Zoom or over Slack. <laughs> it's tough. You don't, you, you maybe took for granted those hallway conversations or those water cooler talks where you're both, I don't know, grabbing a LaCroix from the fridge and <clears throat> like, hey, like, good to see you have, like, what are you working on? And it just like spikes that conversation and and before you know it, you're 15 minutes late to a meeting because you've been having a really fun conversation with someone about uh, about something you didn't even think you'd have a conversation with them about. So I think that's been a that's been a little bit of a challenge of like uh, I, I think I miss those water cooler conversations, and it's hard to find those five, 10 minutes in a day where oh, we have to hop on another Zoom call to 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 chat through this. Maybe we just slack about it or e or email or create a doc or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess we're all just doing the best we can. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it kind of helped like summarize all of this. In, in your mind, what are the stakes here? What do support leaders miss out on if they don't engage like this with their product team? I think you might be missing out on a on a large scale opportunity. Um, so if you're in like the hyper growth, hyper scale phase of your company. I think if you don't turn focus to building relationships with other departments within your organization, you miss out on the opportunity to provide scale for your own team. We're fortunate enough that our interactions have, have decreased. I think that that's just a, that is a tangible thing that we can point to, but it, it has also created um, just like the strong relationships that have also opened up doors for individuals on our team career-wise that might not have been there scale opportunity I, I think is is definitely the the leader there uh, but never hurts to have strong relationships across your organization because you never know when those can those can open up doors for for different people on your team all right so have any of your support team like have they moved to product is that what you mean by career growth yeah yeah we've had a few people move into engineering roles we've had someone move into a scrum master role um a community manager role platform like operational roles like we've had a we've had a good number of people um kind of make that jump from support to to product which is which is always fun to see like that's one of the most rewarding things as like as a leader is seeing can people continue to to grow in their careers yeah i've heard i've heard a lot of that um from folks i've talked to for this podcast people moving from support to product is a big one um, but also engineering and marketing sales yeah, it's a great way to know your customer. It's like you're you understand the product, but you're also understanding the customer. And so you get a really good vantage point of the business. And so if you can take a step back from your day to day in terms of interactions on what you're doing and understand what you're learning and what you're able to retain, the amount of value that you have um, as a support rep is is immense. And I think you can 
if you are passionate about a marketing role or a sales role or an engineering role, yes, there are some technical skills and traits that you should learn and, uh, and understand, but like the business understanding and, and the product um, product knowledge is just extremely valuable in, in a number of roles across the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think it was, um, I think it was Matt Dale from Illuminate Education in his episode, he said he called his support team like the farm team for the company. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, 100%. he's like, yeah, you know, it sucks sometimes to lose your agents, but in general it makes the whole company way more support minded and that's a win across the board. Definitely. Could not agree more. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Um, well, I think that's probably a good place for us to kind of start wrapping up. But before I ask you my final question, um, is there anything else you want to add about this topic that we haven't covered yet? Um, I think the only thing that I would, I would maybe say is like, while I, while we, uh, here have created a framework that works for us, um, it might not be directly applicable to to what you uh, what works in your organization. So be willing to, to change and adapt along the way, I think is the biggest thing. Awesome. All right. Well, my final question is the kind of the big one, but, um, in general, what advice do you have for up and coming support leaders? This is the big question. Um, I would say be willing and open to change and adapt as your business evolves. So will, the need to evolve your support and your customer experience offerings. And so if you have like an iterative mindset, a creative mindset, an optimistic mindset, uh, and you foster that culture within your support team, you'll find that like, great ideas will come from everyone on your team and you'll continue to, to iterate and, and hopefully improve your customer experience or your support experience. So I think it's, it's being open and, and willing to change and, and keeping that creative mindset, how can you do it better? Like, I think that that's just the mindset that I have is like, we're doing great things today, but how do we do, how do we continue to iterate on those? How do we continue to deliver great things into the future um, to remain competitive in in the market? So yeah, as your business evolves, evolve with it, change uh, and and be open. It's fun. Uh, It's challenging, but it's fun at the same time. Perfect. Um, I know I said that was my last question. I lied because I just thought of another one um, <laughs> based on that. So how do you, as a, as the leader of your support team, how do you create that environment? I really think it's, it's, it's building trust and relationships with, with everybody on the team. Also bring in people into the fold when you're thinking about ideas. Like don't, don't just one day, like roll out something new to the team. Like roll out an idea, like share an idea and ask for feedback and ask for them to be a part of a part of the change, a part of the, the iteration, because uh, that only creates more buy-in among, uh, amongst your team. And like, I don't have all the answers. My managers don't have all the answers. Oftentimes the best answers are coming from those who are serving our customers day in and day out. So create those relationships within your team, ask for help and yeah, be open and honest too. Like be transparent that we're not just going to be complacent. We're not just going to keep doing things the way that we are. We're going to we're going to get better. We're going to have to make changes because our customers are are saying one thing and we're we're doing something a different way. So, yeah, I think the more you you just bring people into the fold into the conversations, the more buy-in and and ideas that just naturally come to the table. So, that would be that'd be my biggest piece of advice. 
All right. Perfect. Love that. <laughs> well, thank you again, Eric, for taking the time to to be a guest on Beyond the Queue. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Yeah, thank you very much for the invite. I, I love chatting with you. All right. Um, if anyone wants to connect with you further um, or learn more from you, what's a good way for them to go about doing that? Yeah, feel free. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, you can shoot me an email. Um, just first name, dot last name at wpengine.com. Uh, and then we can kind of connect from there. That's all for this episode of Beyond the Queue. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.